Okay, so welcome to episode one of, we're renaming it. We're going to call this the Wing It Podcast. At least that's the, the going name. Oh, yeah. Okay. So who do we have on today? Chris O'Neill. Robin Kroll. Jen Pugsley. Okay, hopefully we're coming through loud and clear. Um, we're talking about broker pain points, okay? Insurance broker pain points, Chris. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of pain. There is a lot of pain out there, okay? The, by the way, this list was put together about 15 minutes ago. No, no, no. This list was put together last night, and it's okay, been okay. curated over months of us talking to okay. brokers. Yeah. So there's some depth. Yeah. There's, there's some. What I'm hearing is there's depth. I've yeah. I've seen it for all of 15 minutes, but I feel good right, about it. Right. That's why but, this. But is, you've heard these before. Yeah. I, I'm looking at In them. In several I have. sessions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why this is called Wing It, because we're gonna go. We're gonna do our best. Try to add some value here. So these are broker pain points that we hear in in digital marketing, digital transformation, digital digital strategy meetings. Common concerns, common pain points, and common pushback as to why a broker should invest in digital. Is that is that what this list is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there are things that come up when we have a conversation with a broker talking about the benefits of digital transformation. Um, and, you know, very often they kind of feel like they're a little bit stuck. They want to change something about their business, but they don't really know what to do. And mm-hmm. so we introduced the idea of digital transformation. You know, they, they, these are some of the pushback that we hear, or some of the concerns that they have. Right. Sometimes they're questions, too. Like, in other words, like they... Yeah in terms of calling them all pushback, sometimes they're just like trying to understand. Like, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't I, you know, just continue doing what I'm doing? Why wouldn't I just, Right. why not? So these are the common, these are the common ones. And these things have been, um, they also come up when they've tried a bunch of things over um, non-structured things over a few years. And these these Mm -hmm. also kind of come to light. Well, we, we hear these common. Okay. So let's just go through them. Um, the first one, I'm going to jump around. There, there's there's nine or ten on here, so we're just going to go through a couple of them. Um, doesn't digital just drive people looking for cheap leads to our website? Does that happen? I think it happens. Yeah. Definitely think it happens. But that's not all. Well, no, that's not really the focus. You know, it, it's interesting how, uh, you know, why that comes up. And it could be because that's maybe there are, they've seen other businesses or other brokers that, um, you know, in an effort to try and dri- drive as many leads as possible, they've said, let's just use keywords like cheap, thinking everybody's mm-hmm. looking for cheap insurance. And what ha- ha- ends up happening, and they have a bunch of leads who are really, that's all they're looking for. High volume, low quality. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then they end up spending a lot of time um, sifting through these leads when, you know, very few conversions um, mm. because, you know, the, you know, a lot of these brokers, that, you know, that, that's not the benefit they're selling is, is uh, you know, cheap insurance policy. It's more about service and quality and relationships. And do you, why do you think that is, do you, Robin, do you think that that, there's that we talk a lot with our brokers about there being this missing of a strategy layer prior to doing any tactics absolutely i think they um they they probably don't understand that by having a strategy they can actually 
point out you know mm-hmm. what what their brand value is and say well if this is what my brand value is and this is the type of customers that that we want to attract um, there's ways of using digital strategies to say let's put that out and, as, not, and not go after the exactly cheap. not go after the go cheap. closer Jen because you're not we're not going to pull it closer to your mic Sorry about that. And I and I think we you know we we've got some we've got some great case studies proving how we can use um, you know keywords to drive very high quality um, high quality leads. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and then you've got the the you know the rate supermarkets and the the search engines that are driving a lot of this lower lower quality or the 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 need for cheap. Cheap keywords, uh, servicing the need for cheap keywords, which I think also gets wrapped up in this mindset of isn't that just digital? Isn't you know this was this one that we heard was doesn't digital just drive people looking for for cheap for cheap insurance, i.e. low quality leads? I think in a lot of cases too, it it really is coming from um, somebody that hasn't um, hasn't really done anything more than than just sort of you know heard over a couple of drinks or whatever what someone's individual experience was and you know a person can certainly spend a lot of time uh, you know buying keywords and have mm-hmm. very very you know limited success with them when as uh, Jen was pointing out it's not wrapped in a in a, a good strategy. So yeah, I mean when we looked at you know the various clients that we've helped be successful online I mean to say that it, they only drive cheap leads I think it goes back to or inexpensive policies I think it goes back to the strategy what, what are you targeting are you filtering out those leads and then you end up with a bad name or you know a bad digital gets a bad reputation because sort of that's all you're attracting through your strategy or you you end up getting those clients in the door and you realize they're canceled for non-payment within you know three days because they're or they're price shopping year over year right so without that target audience strategy and and persona work at the beginning um, of any any tactic whether it's paid or or lead gen tactic that's uh, often kind of what happens we've talked to a number of brokers who really before turning anything on really thought they were going to get a type of customer and then after six months of reviewing chat logs and the type of cut they they realized whoa we're getting totally different customers than we thought we even thought and i think to your point chris i think very few of them you know there's anecdote anecdotal evidence and i think you know some lead providers that sell the sell the leads which tend to be the low quality cost driven leads but very few uh, brokers, at least that we've spoke to, have a good KPI framework to be able to actually measure, you know, what what's working, and um, and move away from the anecdote of it's just driving low quality to say, well, actually, we ran a dozen campaigns this way, and we determined that our quote to close <clears throat> ratio was X, and our our um, you know lead to quote ratio was Y in these segments, and and that's what we're trying to help them do. Yeah, and and I think that ties into you know, something else we hear with you know we've tried a few things and they they don't work, and if you just sort of leave it at that level, well you know you could just write off everything and you're not going to move forward. But if you take the time to say well well why didn't this work? So if you didn't have a strategy and you were just going after leads and very low conversions or or as you said non-payment. Um, yeah, you would just say, well, this doesn't work. But then if you take the time to say, well, let me let me put a strategy around that. Let me go ahead and execute and measure. Then 
A, chances are you'll be a lot more successful in driving the kind of leads, and if things are not working, you'll have a much better understanding of, of why they're not working, and you, you can fine-tune them, mm -hmm. and we've seen evidence of that as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I mean, that's a good one. That, that one comes up all the time. Um, what about, uh, can my BMS already handle marketing automation, you know, or, or can't my new BMS just do that? marketing automation being one of the big things that we focus on here. Well, this is one that comes up very, you know, very often because obviously you can't be a broker without a BMS or can mm -hmm. you? Um, having a BMS means that you've got uh, policy management, means you've got a GL, means you've got all the things mm -hmm. you actually need to actually run your business. Um, but oftentimes the, um, you know, the marketing automation pieces are, are not uh, sufficient to actually compete in uh, in in the you know the current environment that we're in. Mm -hmm. Jen, do you have any comment on that? Yeah, I think it was interesting what you said about um, you know can can or can't you operate without a BMS? I think that um, I think we're still in a world where y y BMS is still is still a main system and, and will be for for some time here. Um, and it is, you know, similar to a CRM in, in another organization, it is the main system, right? Mm -hmm. As far as can these bolt-on, in some of the new ones, these bolt-on quote-unquote marketing automation um, tools, I think that from our investigation, they're just, they're not as robust or... Um, robust or meant almost to power true marketing automation at scale. So they might be able to send a one-off email, they might be able to alert sales, but in the big picture they're not really wrapping around um, a holistic multi-level drip, um, not really formed around any campaigns with landing pages, so it mm -hmm. starts to break down after. And, and you know, brokers won't really you know, be able to see this because they don't really have anything else to compare it to. So a lot of um, brokers talk about the integration with the BMS being a primary driver and almost getting in the way, that can get in the way of making a, a, the right decision for a marketing automation platform. If it's, in, if it's in the BMS, in some cases there's platforms out there that have claimed that they've got levels of marketing automation built in, obviously more integrated just by default, but then there's other um, products out there that will have a level of integration and that's kind of where they go first. It's like, oh, well, it's integrated, let's, let's just go there. And then they, to your point, Jen, they miss the uh, holistic look of the ability to serve, serve as the customer journey or um, with those toolings. And, you know, so I think, I mean, I, I definitely see that as a, as a common concern, just integrating with the BMS. And, you know, we know that there's technology out there that, that provides that integration or, or doesn't require it as much. Well, I think the other thing that um, that you know we, we like to help to educate our our, uh, our customers on the uh, marketing automation pieces that you get with a you know a, a marketing uh, uh, a marketing um, product that is keeping up with other marketing products as opposed to keeping up with other insurance products because mm -hmm. you know. Um, the functionality that you get with a state-of-the-art, you know, marketing 
automation system is able to take your customer whatever their whatever they wish to do is take them through the entire journey um, and to uh, and to help them help you to measure that uh, that response that you're getting on each one of your campaigns mm -hmm. when you look at some of the um, you know I don't want to call them watered down but I would say when you don't have the level of investment in the marketing automation platform where you're basically competing with like one you know you know half of a body or half you know, one arm tied behind your back you want the the, the most power that you can possibly get out of your marketing automation platform so that you can draw on and have the reporting that you want on your entire uh, prospect base, your customer base. You want all of that. What you're, what you're talking about, which we've talked a lot about, is um, bringing market leader market leading technology mm -hmm. into the broker landscape right so yeah. i mean obviously the bmss of the world are very specific platforms that you know are, are market leading in, in and of themselves to, to a large degree i mean i think you might be able to adapt to salesforce.com or some other platforms to over time take that over but when you look at all the other systems that might be there from a marketing perspective there are already industries out there in the marketing automation industry being a big one that has top 10 leaders in it all of which to your point are you know 50 to a billion dollar companies that have large research and development budgets that are out there creating great technology for marketers that can pull data from the from a BMS or an ERP or a CRM or any of these systems that are out there brokers aren't aware of these tools I mean they don't know of them it's not necessarily their job to know about them but very few have maybe marketers that are aware of the broader landscape to bring those technologies in to insurance and leverage them. I mean, there are some examples. I mean, Guidewire, there's, you know, products like that that have sort of evolved from other industries and come into insurance. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, people get really scared off about you know, Salesforce and using, replacing or doing anything around that because it just seems like such a beast. But marketing automation isn't that, isn't that intensive, but it's educating why you would use a platform and not a try to on. not a, not a bolt on and not and not, and not your BMS. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think the you know I think what's challenging for brokers and what I see in 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 these meetings or we see in these meetings that we have all the time is that they don't know the questions to ask until mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's five months into a contract, um, and maybe they've they've hired a digital marketing specialist who then is asking mm -hmm. all these critical questions. Well. What about the landing page or what about, you know, a, a, a form or website tracking and, and realizing, oh, well, we didn't even know to ask those things. Mm -hmm. So I think these demos look really slick and they look like viable options. But when you really start actually trying to wrap it around a real plan, it's it. Um, I wouldn't think that any principal or any controller or any general manager from a brokerage would even know to ask those questions. No, because they have their they have their area of expertise. Mm -hmm. Their expertise is insurance, and and that's, you know, that's the value that they bring to their customers. Mm -hmm. So you know, when they want to embark uh, on a, a marketing strategy, you know, the, just like in other industries, you know, you're you're going to engage with. Um, experts and platforms in that particular direction and um, you know I always like to think of this as a, a partnership is that working with a broker um, who brings that expertise about understanding who their customers customers are the the value that their brand mm -hmm. brings um, you know the the type of insurance um, and then partner with with 
uh, a company that that knows about marketing automation, um, not just from the the broker perspective, but across multiple industries, yeah. and and it's really um, you know for any industry to grow, we they need to be able to look at what other industries have done. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. that that's really mm-hmm. the the way to to learn and to advance. Um, and so when you engage with a marketing automation platform that has uh, where there there is investment and the investment is based on multiple different industries that's how you're gonna have the best of breed and then you have that connection that says okay this is a you know best of breed marketing platform and this is specifically how we can use it to grow a, a broker's business so you know they an open mind I mean we saw this with retail now, eventually retailers started to adopt best of breed technology e-commerce platforms that weren't born out of a retail specific point of sale all of a sudden there was a you know these industries that came up that were platforms and we would go acquire a platform and and utilize that as best of breed and bring that technology in on the marketing automation side and email side and certainly those are other examples personalization but how do you keep an open mind i mean how do you as a as a as we know a lot of brokers we work with can be um, both unaware, but also um, not willing to go down that road or not willing to really have an open mind to explore. And then the moment they see something that has an insurance wrapper on it, you get really, oh, okay, I guess it does everything. So how, how do you, you know, how do you keep an open mind to review these other options? I think that one of the things that we'd like to, I, I think I hear all the time is like, it's easy to take the path that, that looks easy. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, there is a balance with that. Like if we look at the platforms that, you know, the best of breed platforms that we support, there is a level of like, okay, maybe Marketo is not a fit for you or Eloqua is not a fit for you because like that's just a beat, that's just too much, right? But, and I think that mm-hmm. sort of that argument of easy is different than, you know, just we're going to take the path of not having the features. And, not you know, having, and I think yeah. that that's a wrong way to look at it. Uh, the right way to look at it is these are our goals. This is how we want to grow. And these are the areas we want to grow in. Mm-hmm. And we need, we need to bring in the right technology that's going to power that. I don't think there's anything, anything particularly um, unique about um, a broker wanting to be assured that the decision they're making is one that other brokers have made. Because you know we have these mm-hmm, conversations mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. other you know industries where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, do you have uh, do you have um, you know financial? Do you have right. uh, you know manufacturing? Do you have whatever? And I think you know the um, there is a, a little bit of the path of least resistance or you know no one ever got fired by you know hiring ibm whatever Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. you know whatever analogy you want to use Mm -hmm. but i I think that that there is sort of um uh, a contingent there is a there is a a population out there that is looking for something different yeah Mm -hmm. is looking Mm -hmm. to distinguish themselves to be more to have more personalization to have Mm -hmm. more sort of uniqueness in their value proposition right and Mm -hmm. those are the ones that i think are going to be most open to looking outside that box right. okay mm-hmm. all right all right well we're going to wrap this one up um i think you know what we've learned is that we could actually go go for a while on on any one of these uh bullet points so we're going to keep these so uh we're going to do a couple more on 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 another on another video stay whether tuned. it's the next one yes yeah, stay mm-hmm. tuned for that um hot topic we'll probably have uh, a client on here to speak to these as well mm-hmm. and just um keep this going so our, our broker clients that are killing it 
Yeah, the killing uh, it and one. And feedback. Yeah. Don't we want feedback? We and want we to hear from anybody out there listening to us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Feel yeah, free yeah. to hit the like button and subscribe to the Wing It podcast. Thank you. Good. Good. Done.